0: My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast. At Mastermind Parenting, we're on a mission to support strong-willed kids and the families that love them. Hi, guys. Welcome to day two of our special Setting Limits Bonus Week series. That's a mouthful. So today, you're going to hear the second training in this five-part series, all about setting limits without spanking, out. Or sticker charts. If you're sitting here going, "Well, if you can't use any of those things, like what the heck are you supposed to do?" Don't worry, don't worry, I got gotcha. you. So we're releasing one training per day this week. Okay, next week there's a week long intensive program I'm doing live, and I want to meet as many podcast listeners as I can. So I want you guys to sign up for that. Get Coach Live. Let's hit this summer hard. Like you're going to have to be setting those limits unless you want your kids just rotting themselves away on the couch on technology. No, no, no. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. So come take part. This is going to be a super fun week next week. I'm going to be coaching live for three days. I'm going to be going more in depth on the trainings that you're learning about this week. So it's, it's not overwhelming. You're not going to be taking days off work. It just means you're going to pack your lunch. If you, if you work outside the home, it just means you're going to pack your lunch and eat at your desk and come for, you know, for one hour, three times next week. Um, Everything else I do in a way that, is super convenient for parents like us to listen and learn on the go. And if you're like, wait, but my kids are already out of school. I can't even have a second for myself. I'm no, there's no way I can take part. Like then you really need to make time and take part because you're going to combust. You deserve to have some time to yourself. That's what I'm going to teach you guys how to do, how to set limits so that This is going to be a magical summer. The summer of 2022 is going to be your best. So come next week, show up live, start learning now, listen to this special bonus series. And I can't wait to get to see some of your faces and to coach you next week. Coach Week, Setting Limits with Kids, Coach Week. Sign up at mastermindparenting.com forward slash setting limits. Sign up. It's Randy again, welcome to video two of setting limits with your strong willed child without spanking timeouts or sticker charts. In this video, we're going to look more closely at the punishment method of spanking. So first of all, why do parents use spanking? Okay. Why do parents use spanking sticker charts or timeout? Why do we use any of that? It's ultimately because we want to solve a problem. Okay. And the problem is we have a child that's not doing what we want them to do, right? They're not listening. Maybe they're not following the rules. They're not being kind and respectful to others. They're hurting themselves or their siblings. The list goes on and on. But The bottom line is, is that you have this child who is not doing what you are expecting them to do what you want them to do. You quite often, we like have this dream of the child that we're going to have. And then all of a sudden we're given this, <laughs> this strong-willed child, this child who like for like my son, he didn't necessarily come out as strong-willed. He just cried a lot. He was just unhappy a lot. And I was constantly on a mission without realizing it to happy him up. Like I wanted him to be in a good mood. Now I know years later that It was really that i had this fantasy of what kind of mom i was going to be and i was going to give my kids such a better childhood than i had had not that i ever would have admitted that ever 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 because i was kind of a tough chick and i wore a lot of armor emotional armor and i was not never a victim i was always like going to take care of myself but Really deep down, I was gonna be the best damn mom you've ever seen, and I was gonna have the happiest fucking children, and they were gonna have an amazing, magical childhood. So then, when I had this kid that was just like crying incessantly as a baby, just in a bad mood, I mean, when he started school, it was like, to like, you know, he was the kid that was crying and crying and crying, he was just what does crying do? It's like, here is evidence why your child is not happy. You are failing. So somewhere deep in my psyche, I was just feeling like he was holding up a mirror, constantly saying, failing, you're not doing it differently. Unhappy kid, you're not a good mom. You know, so I was always trying to happy him up, happy him up, trying to force him into a better mood. What could I do to help him be in a better mood? And the truth is, is that he was just overwhelmed in his body a whole lot and less was more, but I didn't know that. Right. So the problem for me was that I had an unhappy child and now how was I going to get him to be happier? So maybe the problem for you is that you have a violent child. Maybe the problem is, is you have a non-listening child but there is a problem that you're trying to solve. And that is ultimately why we look for the right discipline strategy. And I want you to, you know, there's so often there's words that are in kind of the the everyday vernacular that we just, we don't really understand exactly what the word means. And I want you to know discipline and punishment are not synonymous. The word discipline actually means to teach. So, a positive form of discipline is very different than the punishment model. So we are looking for ways to teach our kids how to do better, how to feel better, and then ultimately how to do better. Okay. So in terms of spanking, it's very much in line with the old school parenting belief, spare the rod, spoil the child. And the old school of thought was that being a good parent involved teaching kids right from wrong and holding kids accountable for bad behavior by adhering to the punishment model. Now, I'm not saying that being a good parent doesn't involve teaching your kids right from wrong, for sure. Holding them accountable. Absolutely. Right. But adhering to the punishment model, well, guess what? Guess what humans do? What we were designed to do evolve, right? And so we have, we know a better way to help humans learn things and do better. It's the reason why, you know, kids aren't spanked at school anymore and shame isn't traditionally used. Well, still, it might be, but, you know, I don't think any school would say, like, yes. You know, we're going to shame the children and we're going to punish the children. We're going to sit them in a corner with the dunce cap and we're going to single them out. Like we've evolved. We know things. And parenting is no different. Unfortunately, many of us take parenting. Like I, I had a mom recently say to me, a mom I met in my personal life, like on a, uh, on a va- when I was on a vacation. And she was like, wait, what do you do? You teach parenting? People pay you for that? And I was thinking, this poor woman, like I could just tell that like, she was for sure not doing it the mastermind way, but she had no clue. She was just in total ignorance. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know what? I have an amazing community and uh, yeah, we're doing some, some big things. She's like, I want to do that. I'd be awesome at that. I'm like, you should go for it. (laughs) You should absolutely. So, so often I have, I think there's people who, you know, they're like, you have to learn what? I want you to know anyone who says that, because this happens a lot with parents that are like, they feel like there's a shame source and even admitting that you're wanting to learn new parenting tools or part of a parenting program. Anyone who says anything like that, I promise you they are doing a lot of things that they actually feel ashamed about and they would never admit their closet yellers, spankers, shamers, all the things. And they for sure had a different vision, but they, it feels too vulnerable for them to admit that they would like to learn something different. So they just are trying to kind of BS themselves and you and everyone else to delude themselves that they're doing it differently. It's a, it's a bunch, it's a crock. It's a crock. Okay. So I'm just going to say that. Punishment. So let's just talk about the word punishment and what punishment actually means. Punishment is the act of inflicting a consequence or penalty on someone as a result of their wrongdoing. Okay. The act of grounding or spanking a child for wrongdoing is an example of punishment. A grounding or a spanking, the way punishment is defined is that we're inflicting a penalty for an offense. We're inflicting a penalty for an offense in retribution or retaliation. Okay. Another definition of punishment to deal with roughly or harshly to inflict injury on synonymous with punishment hurt. We're trying to hurt our kids. We're trying to retaliate OK, and I want you to think about that logically, really. When someone retaliates against you or inflicts harm, hurt, injury on you, how do you usually feel about that person? Do you feel like they're on your team, they're on your side, like you want to learn things from them, like they're rooting for you? Or does it make you sort of hate them and want to do the opposite of whatever it is they want you to do? Okay. So the punishment model actually puts parents and children on opposing teams. Okay. Consequence, the word consequence and the word punishment are not synonymous. Consequence defined is something that happens as a result of a particular action or set of conditions. Consequence models are all about cause and effect. Okay. So consequences can be organic, like learning that You don't touch a hot stove because when you touch it, when you touch it, you got burned or experiencing hunger because you forgot your lunch money and your lunch at home. And so you experience hunger. And so at the end of the day, the child's like, I'm starving. I didn't get to have lunch. I forgot my money. I forgot my, my lunch at home and you wouldn't bring it to me. And you're like, oh yeah, I had such a busy day at work. You're super hungry. Let's get you some food quickly. You don't have to beat a dead horse in that moment because your child just experienced a natural organic consequence, which is when I forget, when I'm not responsible, and when I forget my lunch at home or my lunch money at home, I'm starving all day. Okay, so they just learned something super valuable. Chances are they're not gonna forget their lunch and their lunch money again. So often we get in the way of allowing these Organic or natural consequences to teach the lesson. Look, this is a hard one, right? Especially for me. Like, I'm a Jewish mom. I love to feed people. And so, not running the lunch or the lunch money up there, like, my stomach would be in knots all day worrying about, you know, they're starving, they can't learn, whatever. But so often we get in the way. Now, I'm not saying when your kid goes towards a hot stove, you should. Let them experience the natural consequence of burning themselves, right? We got to use judgment, but a natural, organic consequence is actually the most effective teacher, right? Or getting a zero on your homework because you forgot it at home, and mom had a a one one time a semester rule of of bringing the homework up to school, and you and the kid already cashed it in, or. You had a full day full of meetings and you didn't have time to get the homework up there. Guess what that kid's going to do the next day and moving forward? Remember their homework. Make sure their homework is in their folder. Will they need maybe some help from you? Hey, you know, you got all your homework and all your things? Yep, I got it. You know, sometimes we have to give reminders. But I promise you that was just a powerful lesson. How often do we get in the way of allowing those lessons to teach themselves? And that is the beauty of a consequence. Now, sometimes we have to impose a consequence. It's not just natural or, or organic. And what does that look like? Okay. So let's say you've got a hitter. Okay. If you hit people, you what? What's the, what's the deal? What's an imposed consequence? You know, maybe it's if you hit people, it's a, it's oops day rules. It's a 30 minute earlier bedtime because it shows that you're not, you were frustrated or you're angry and you forgot the words to use and you used your fists instead. And it's against our family rules. This is a safe zone for everyone. Everyone deserves to be safe in our family. Okay. And so it's not an option for you or anyone else to be unsafe. And when you use your words to deal with that frustration, when you use your hands to deal with that frustration, it means you're having trouble controlling your body. So you're going to get your body some extra rest. It's, so we have a rule in place 30 minutes earlier bedtime if that rule is broken. Okay. So maybe you have an imposed consequence of when you hit your brother, there's not going to be playdates that week. Playdates are done for the week because... You know, we have to know that other kids are going to be safe. So if you aren't able to control your body and make sure that this home is a safe zone for the family members that live here, well, we can't trust that other children are necessarily going to be safe if you're frustrated. So if you hit anyone in this family, just know it's not an option to play with anyone outside the family all week. We've got to make sure that your brain really remembers why it's so important to calm your body down, to use your words when you're frustrated, to take those deep breaths, to do all the things you need to do rather than use your hands violently. It's not okay. Period. End of story. So that could be an imposed consequence. No play dates. Okay. So consequences are logical and related. So spanking, if we go back to spanking, right and we really talk about what's the short term solution that spanking provides spanking is scary it hurts it hurts kids and it's scary and when you scare them and they're in fear well the short term solution is that it will end a child's temporary defiance you know it temporarily it will or it's just going to make them more upset and learn that they better stuff all those feelings inside because there's so much fear that they're going to get hit again. They're going to get hurt again by the person who they love more than anything in the world. It's very confusing to a child. Okay. And so when they learn, you know, you're crying, I'm going to give you something else to cry about. The child learns to stuff it all inside. Well, guess what? Guess what emotion is energy in motion. So if the child stuffs it all inside, you know, or is so scared, they have to, it ends their defiance. So now you have a kid that, that you feel like you're controlling and you're the one back in power. They're stuffing it all inside. This leads to swirling energy, emotion, emotion in their body, which leads to anxiety and a lot of unhealthy coping strategies to feel better in their bodies. Okay. It leads to to a lot of damaging behaviors and a lot of damaging patterns. What's the long-term result of spanking? Well, it promotes violence as a problem-solving solution because kids learn by our example much more than what we tell them to do. It's like total hypocrisy. Kids are super literal too. So it makes them not trust us or believe us. We're like, don't eat your brother. We're modeling the behavior we're telling them not to do. So we're total hypocrites. We're promoting violence to solve problems. And then we're telling them not to do it. Like it doesn't even make freaking sense at all. So it stops it temporarily because it scares the shit out of them, but it damages your relationship. It leads to mental health issues, swirling anxiety. It's extremely unhealthy. Okay. It promotes violence as a problem solving solution. And it corrodes the trust between parent and child. And therefore, it corrodes your relationship. It damages connection. Okay? So there was a mom who posted that I saw in one of the strong-willed groups. Has anyone had to resort to spanking their child? I refused for eight years, and it has gotten so bad, and I'm out of options. I'm out of options. You're not out of options you're not ever out of options. You just haven't learned yet what to do. Okay? So stick with me. You just learn. Now listen to this mom. Um this is interesting. This is actually from a dad. How do you get it through someone's head that spanking is not going to fix or cure a 13-month-old who cries a lot to to learn to cry less? My wife is becoming increasingly frustrated with our son and keeps making comments that she wants to hit him and that he needs spanking so he can learn to stop crying. He doesn't really do bad things. He just cries a lot. It's practically constant if he's not in my arms. What a sweet daddy. (laughs) Um, And he does get frustrated quickly and he starts crying if he can't figure something out like a toy. Okay. So he's what we call a crier. There's four different kinds of temperaments that I teach in my programs, but he's a crier. When he gets frustrated, he cries. So if he can't figure out a toy, he cries. And the sweet daddy's like, he just needs to be held He wants to be held when he's in these moments. Then the dad says, I'm not even against spanking. Yes, you are dad. You are, you just don't know it. But at a year old, I just don't think he's going to understand what's going on. See, so Spanking has been taught as this approach to teach right from wrong. When you're frustrated, you can't just cry about things, especially if you're a boy in this society. Stuff all those feelings down. You don't want to be called names. Stuff it all in. You're not allowed to cry and have those big feelings. Even though little kids live in their emotional brains, they have lots of big feelings, especially ones that have extra sensitive nervous systems. And so this dad is like, wait, I know there's got to be a better way. My wife, she, she wants to smack our 13 month old. And he's like, no, what else can we do? What else can we do? Okay. So, so for this dad and for the other mom, like I waited for eight years, what are we going to do? I'm going to break it out for you guys in the final video of what to do. But I just want you to know that It's never about shutting down the emotions. It's about teaching ourselves and training ourselves with the right communication tools and and making sure we're thinking about it in the right way so that we can show up as the grounded grownups who, when the child's in a state of upset, we can let them know, I've got you and I'm going to help you. Develop better coping strategies for feeling better in your body. When you're upset, when you're frustrated, when you're upset, all feelings are allowed. Big feelings are allowed, right? And I've got you. Tell me what's going on. Talking to our kids, letting them know we are their soft place to land. We've got them and we will help them develop better skills for dealing with all their big emotions and we're just so glad they're not trapping it all inside and that they're letting us know what's going on. So much healthier than bottling it all up. Okay. Here's another one. Help my feisty two and a half year olds having a tough time adapting to her newborn baby brother. It's only been three weeks, but she becomes aggressive toward him and it scares me. On one hand, she can be so sweet and helpful and loves him, but then randomly in the same breath, she'll Intentionally hit, scratch, or squeeze him. Mostly it's when I'm nursing him, but it happens other times as well. We try to positively reinforce gentle behavior, include her as much as possible, and my husband and I both take time each day to spend just focused time on her. When she hits him, though, we've made the decision to really discipline her and we do give a spanking. I know that it isn't for everyone, but we do believe in spanking under the right circumstances faking is always a no-no. When asked why she chose to hit him, she owns it and doesn't seem even slightly remorseful. But what can I expect from a two-year-old? It's true. Anyone face this? Okay. She's physically very strong. I'm terrified she's going to really hurt him when I'm not looking. So like we have to see the child's perspective at two and a half and she's doing it mostly when mom's nursing. She's just been dethroned. Mom is the star of the show. All she wants is mom. And mom, with the newborn baby, what do we know? She's nursing him eight to 12 times a day, if not more. Now, all of a sudden, little teeny tiny two and a half year old, who is still so, like, developmentally, she doesn't even fully understand that she's not still an appendage of mom. So she's confused. She's frustrated. And her mom, who she used to have all to herself, Is now with this little teeny tiny thing everybody's calling a baby, all these moments of the day. It's very confusing for the child. So when she tries to hit the baby when mom's nursing, what does she get? She gets lots of mom's attention. Where mom's normally nursing and all about the baby, when two year old hits, she's now learned oh, mom will see you. Mom will talk to you, even though kids don't care if it's positive or negative attention. All attention means I'm relevant in the world. So what what does mom do? Please, please, please don't resort to spanking. All you're going to do is reinforce the negative attention seeking pattern. And now this two and a half year old is going to become the problem child for probably many years to come and not a loving older sister, she's going to constantly see her baby brother as, as a competition, right? As a competition, the one who stole mom away. I like to say, it's kind of like if all of a sudden your partner came home and was like, Oh, Hey, I, you know, I brought home another wife or husband. They were super cool. You're going to love them. Y'all, y'all will totally hang out. You're gonna have so much in common. Yeah, you'll love it. You're like, what? Who? Who did anyone ask me? No, I don't want to share you. I didn't. I'm not in. I, I don't want a polyamorous relationship. No. Okay, so it's sort of like that. So we really have to see the child's perspective. So what would this mom do? You know, she would have to say, "Hey, I've noticed that when I'm nursing." The baby. A lot of times, you want my attention too. I'm nursing the baby a lot. Is that you? You want to? It's too much. See, it's empathy. It's seeing the child's perspective. It's too much. This baby, they has to eat all the time, and and you want to. You want you want to talk to me. You want to play with me. It's a lot. Is, am I getting that right? You talk to the two and you think it was just a two year old. You want you want it, mommy. You don't want mommy feeding the baby all the time. You know, you state the obvious. And if the child's like, yeah, you're like, you're like, I know it's so much the baby has to eat so much. So you wanna be with me when I'm nursing the baby? Well, you can help me. You can come be right with me. And so then you nurse the baby, you say, How about if when I nurse the baby, you can, you know, you can sit next to me and I can read you a book. You can pick out a book and I can read you a book while I nurse the baby. Would that be good? What if we make that special book time? What if we listen to a song and you lay next to me and you help keep the baby awake? Sometimes babies go to sleep when you're nursing them and then they don't get to eat. So what if we have, you know, a little wet washcloth and when the baby starts to, to go to sleep, you can help me and you can gently touch the baby's feet or touch the baby's cheek to help wake them up. Would that work? You give the child a job. You include the child. You have a little quality time with the child. You know, it's not an option to just have mommy and newborn baby time when you have a two and a half year old. The two and a half year old wants to be involved too. This is the stage of life you're in. It will not always be like that. But this is your reality now. Okay. Shutting two and a half year old out is not an option. Two and a half year old will come get your attention by hurting the baby. So we got to turn this pattern around and disrupt this pattern. And the good news is it's very, two and a half year olds are so malleable and all they want to do is be helpful. So you give them a job, you let them be helpful. Bam. The situation's turned around. Okay. So to wrap up, I want to, I want you guys to, To remember, spanking reinforces violent behavior. Okay, and based on that, I think we can all agree that it's just illogical and a major parenting no-no. Right? We we model. We want to model behavior we seek. If we model violence, we get more violence. We want to model civilized problem-solving, not violence. So in the next video, we're going to unpack the discipline method, discipline meaning to teach of timeout. Well, if you've enjoyed listening to the Setting Limits bonus series this week, you must join me live for Setting Limits Coach Week. Next week, where I'm going to be going more in depth and coaching many of you through your specific scenarios. So you're going to be ready to set limits as a confident, loving leader that makes fun, beautiful memories during the summer of 2022 and beyond. 2022 and beyond. Go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash setting limits to sign up. I cannot wait to see you guys next week.